You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. And it's very untraditional. I cannot remember in the history of CLP that a woman has spoken on Father's Day. I'm just saying. But here at CLP, we do things a little differently. We like to break tradition, uh, and religious tradition especially, right? So maybe God was just trying to shake us up and say, eh, let's just do a little something different today. Um, so um, but that's okay. All right? It's going to be good. Um, and uh, I hope, I do pray that you do receive something today. I did find out Wednesday. So it was one of those, it was late Wednesday night, and um, we had a lot of other things going on. So it was like, Lord, what do you got? Because he always is faithful, amen? And when we're the weakest, he comes in and fills that gap, right? So we're praying that the Holy Spirit will fill that gap today. Um, and I do pray that you do receive something today from the Lord. Um, so um, I was actually reading and doing some research, um, an article this week about Father's Day, and um, I guess I'm my husband's wife because I have some statistics for you, all right? Um, but it did offer a few statistics, and kind of a little bit differently, but it compared like Mother's Day and Father's Day together a little bit, and I, I didn't write, unlike my husband. I didn't write down all of the statistics, and I'm not going to share all of them with you today. <laughs> but I'm just going to highlight a couple, all right? Um, so some of the statistics that were there was, like, what is the, like, kind of mood of Mother's Day? Mother's Day is all about the heartstrings and, like, oh, love and flowers. Um, and Father's Day seems to be a little bit more about hardware, less about heart, um, and last-minute shopping. I will not... Oh, yeah, we're not live streaming. I will not admit that maybe I bought my father's Father's Day card this morning when I was picking up the uh, the sandwiches because he's in Europe, and I was like, oh, I don't need to buy his card yet. Oh, wait, after today, they're probably not going to be around anymore, so I probably should buy his card. I didn't buy Tim's today either. Uh, I didn't buy his today too. Um, but anyway, uh, so last-minute shopping, guilty. Um, um, but on Mother's Day, almost double the greeting cards are sold on Mother's Day than on Father's Day. And then also, Father's Day does hold the titles for the most calls placed, collect. <laughs> and uh, people don't plan as far in advance for Father's Day. The gifts are a little chintzier, like how many more ties do you really need, Dad? Uh, and some of most dads today, there are still a few holdouts, but how many ties do you actually wear nowadays, dad? Um, there's less, statistically less time spent with family on Father's Day than there is Mother's Day. So it's like, oh, it's kind of like it's feeling down and depressed now, aren't you? Um, but one of the things that the article also referenced was actually a formal research paper that was written by a group of faculty from some, uh, some different universities. And this is what sort of was like, oh, 
that it stated that fatherhood, as we have traditionally understood it, is a neoconservative concept, and fathers do not make a unique and essential contribution to child development. And when I read that, I just was so saddened, and like my heart went out to all of the fathers and the men in our society, because we all know where we're living these days, and the agenda of our cultures, I, I don't know if it's worldwide or if it's just in the U.S., but man, guys, you've got, you've got it in the neck. Like, you can't do anything right. If you open the door, you're a male chauvinist. If you, if you don't open the door, you're a male chauvinist. I mean, you can't do it right, right? <laughs> no matter what you do. And I feel so, like, disheartened about that because men and fathers especially have such a role and play such a significant um, role in the, the, the development of their children. I mean, to say that fathers do not play a unique and essential contribution to their child's development, I, I am not sure. These are educated people. Like, I'm not sure. I, I just, it's crazy. But there is definitely agenda, not only in our society, but I think that stems from an agenda in the supernatural world. Um, the enemy is trying to deconstruct the significance of fathers. Because if he can downplay earthly fathers, then what's the need for a heavenly father? I can do it on my own. I don't need a dad. I don't need a husband. I don't need a man in my life. I can do it myself. You know, and what a lie that is that's being fed to everybody. And the, the crazy part is people are buying it, right? Um, and it can be seen everywhere from politics and, you know, legislation all the way through to entertainment where the dad is the dorphy one. You know, they're the ones who like, oh, I don't know how to put the car in the garage. Can someone help me? And their like six-year-old child has to do it for them, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> so it's really there everywhere, right? And so I was just really disheartened when I read, when I read that because I was like, dads, man, not only do you get horrible gifts... <laughs> on Father's Day, but you just, you don't even get the recognition of what role and the huge role that you play in society, in your homes, with your children, with your grandchildren, in a church family. Like some of you guys that are here, you're not physical fathers, but you are spiritual fathers and you play the same role in this house as fathers with children of their own. And so today, I just kind of want to push against that agenda today, and I'm actually not going to talk to the dads. Ah, oh, dads go, yes. I'm not going to tell you what you have to be and what you should be and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and, you know, stand up, dad, be a better dad, do this better. Um, I think you know what you need to do. If you're sitting in this house today, you know what you need to do. You're a godly father chasing after God, and I think you know what you need to do. So today, I mean, I might talk to you a little bit here and there. I won't lie. But primarily, my focus is going to be to the rest of us, all right? And I know that not all of us here are blessed. I had a great blessing like Sarah talked and mentioned today. My dad is an amazing dad, and I had a, a wonderful childhood, um, and I have an amazing husband, who treats me well, and I know that's not the case for everybody, um, but even if your dad wasn't the best dad, or even if your dad wasn't even present, you know, for most of us who are in that situation, God has raised up somebody else, another man, like I was talking about, a spiritual father. They've raised somebody else up in your life that you can at least look to as a model, and you consider 
um, that fills that role. So even if that's you today, the things that I have to say can still apply and you can still take from that and glean from it. So it's really for everybody. Um, and um, I think if I look around the sanctuary today, um, and I asked you all, what did you think about those statistics, especially that last one? I think most of you would be pretty appalled and would not be in agreement with that, um, and that you would be also a little bit put out by how our society treats our fathers and, and values fatherhood in general. So I want to speak to all of us today, um, and just... The question I want to ask, and I just want you to be really honest with yourself, is even though we're appalled by these statistics, do we truly show, not just think or, oh, my dad's great, or that person in my life is great, or my husband is a great dad uh, to our kids, but do you truly show, do we truly show our fathers how much we honor them and how much we appreciate them? You know, sometimes that father role is a little bit taken for granted, you know? Um, so I just want to ask wives, children, which all of us are children, by the way, so that's everybody in the house, <laughs> children, spiritual children, how often do you truly show your support to the men in your life, and how do you bring help bring out the best in them, right? It's one thing to say thank you. It's another thing to help bring out the best in them and support them. And as we know, they need our, They need us. Yes? So I want to read a quote by Laura Booz, and it says, A man's ability to be a great dad is highly connected to the way his spouse promotes him, helps him, sets him up for success, and how his children respect and honor him. So those things are very connected. All right? Now, of course, dads, now I am going to talk to you dads, uh, every man is responsible for themselves and for their family. You are responsible before God, right? To love your family, to protect your family, provide for your family. So that's your responsibility. And you know that, right? But you have, you have to take that. Doesn't, what I'm about to speak on today doesn't get you off the hook. It doesn't be like, Oh, I get to sit back and my kids, and my wife and my grandkids, they're the ones that are going to like, yeah, dad, you're awesome. And I get to do nothing. All right. Everyone has to, every dad and every man has to be responsible before God for those things, right? But if he has a thoughtful and intentional family, then he will have even greater success and he can stand on their shoulders and be successful as a husband and as a father to the children and, and a grandfather and a spiritual father. Guys, if you are not a natural father, then church folk, this is also for you to support those spiritual fathers and let them stand on your shoulders, okay? So I just want to bring our words, uh, attention to the words thoughtful and intentional. It's not just doing something out of habit or because it's expected, like, oh, Pastor Ray, it's so wonderful that you're who you are. I thank you for everything you're doing. That's proper. We expect that. If I said, Pastor Ray, I don't care what you did. Everyone would be like, oh, but the expectation is I'm going to be like, yo, you're great. You're great. You're great. You know, like that's habit, ritual. It's expected in our society, right? But is it really from the heart? All right. So that's where we're going for is the heart today, not what's expected. And oh, it looked good. I shook his hand and told him he was great, but did I really mean it? And what am I doing to back up my words, right? Okay, so talking about gifts for Father's Day, one of the big gifts, at least in my house, is tools, right? Men in the house, how many of you like tools? Arr, 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 tools, arr, arr. 
All right. So <clears throat> some tools seem to be a big gift for dads. However, how many tools can a dad have? I mean, I suppose it's endless. Uh, <laughs> right? So the, the thing I find with dads, though, when we were talking about that, getting gifts for dads today, I was like, oh, my word. Like, we could get most every woman in this place a nice, cute journal, pretty journal with some nice lotion. And we'd be like, oh, that's such a great gift. It's like, what do you get a dad? I, unless it's $200. Like, I mean, most of the tools that dad wants are like, I want that one. $475. We're like, what about this little $5 like multi-tool? I've got 17 of those in my drawers from the last 17 Father's Day. <laughs> right? It's, it's like I'm saying. So, um, but I have some amazing tools that I want to tell you about today that your dads are really going to want and really going to like. And I have insider information because my husband works at Hammond Lumber. And uh, so he must know all about tools, right? All right. So I have good insider information. So you're going to want to listen. Because best gifts ever, not chintzy ones, coming down the line here. Are you ready? Okay. So we're gonna, I'm going to tell you all about five tools, all right? to help men in your life be successful fathers, right? So number one, the first tool that your dad is going to love is prayer. Covering him in prayer. Praying for them daily. Your father, your husband, pray for them daily. Not just a little slot by prayer, like, thanks for my dad. As I go to sleep, he's great. Off I go. Like, but pray with him with intention, right? With thoughtfulness and intention. Pray for him. Now, one of the ways that you can think about it, it's some, a little bit of an easy way, is especially you kids, head to toe, all right? You can think of your dad from head to toe. Like, well, I don't know what to pray for my dad. So I'm going to give you a few prayers you can pray from head to toe to pray for your dad and just cover him daily or wives about your husbands. Pray that his mind will be sharp, clear, that it will gain wisdom from God, and that it will be meditating on the Word of God, that his thoughts will be meditating on the Word of God throughout the day. Pray for his mind. There's a lot coming at him and a lot of pressure. Pray for his mind that he'll be at peace, right? Pray for his eyes, that they would see only godly things, and that they would be able to view things and decisions through God's perspective, like that he, they would have God's perspective in what they see. Pray for their mouth, all right? So we got the mind, the eyes, the mouth, that it would speak truth, right? Pray that it would bring words of kindness and helpfulness, right? Sometimes when dad comes home and he's worked really hard, and most dads have stressful jobs or jobs that are laborious or, you know, because they're working hard for their family, <clears throat> And maybe they might be tired. They may be a little grumpy. But pray. If you're praying for them and you're saying every day, God, I pray for dad or I pray for my husband, that his words will be kind and helpful. They may not be the first few days, but if you continue praying for that, you're going to see that change in him. And you're going to have grace for him, even if it doesn't quite match your prayer, because you know that you're praying for him and holding him up in prayer. Pray for his heart, that his heart, that he would deeply be in love with Jesus, that he will love his family with all his heart. Cover your dads and pray. Pray for his hands, that they would do the work of the Lord, and that God will give him strength to provide for his family. All right? Feet. 
Pray for his feet, that they would hold him up, that they would walk with integrity. Pray that his feet, that his feet would passionately follow Jesus wherever Jesus leads and that he would have the courage to do that no matter where it leads. And then just pray for him all, the whole thing, head to toe, that all that he is, all that your dad is, all that your husband is, that they would emulate the love and faithfulness that God um, gives to us, that he would emulate that to his family, that he would emulate that to those around him and just show the strength, the love, and the faithfulness of God. So those are things that you can pray. So if you're like, I'm not really sure, especially kiddos, I'm not really sure to pray for my dad, head to toe, just think head to toe and just pray for him head to toe. He needs your prayers. Wives, there's power in your prayers. We know that, right? But when you hold your husband up in prayer, not only are you going to change his life, you are going to positively affect his life, but you are also praying for his success. And as he succeeds, you are in turn, it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your children because he's succeeding and he is being prayed for and held up and he is is being an amazing, you know, an amazing dad that God's called him to be. It's not only going to change him, but it's going to change your kids and it's going to positively affect the outcome of their life. So it's like, bam, bam, you get two for one, right? You pray for dad, you're automatically praying for your kids. You know, think of it that way. Sometimes as moms, especially, we're like, Lord, here are my children. I pray for my children. And we lament and or we pray or we cry and we weep and we lay them before the Lord and we lay them before the Lord. And so I know that this is a lot for um, if your kids are still in the home. But pray for your dads and your husbands because it will flow over into your children and their lives. And if you have adult kiddos, um, obviously continue to pray for them. But pray for your husband still. If they're not walking with the Lord, that God will give him wisdom in how to speak to his adult children, that God will open the doors, that they will hear their dad, that they will hear the wisdom he has and the love for Jesus, and that it will still continue to overflow into their lives, even as adult children. So it's really important that we pray for our dads, for our husbands. Proverbs 27 says, a righteous man walks in integrity. Blessed are his children after him. So the key here in this scripture is the man. As the man is walking in integrity and righteousness, blessed are his children. His children receive a blessing just because of who he is. So if he's following after Christ and he's running hard and you're, and you're supporting him and you're praying for him, your children will be blessed. All right, so that's Proverbs 27. Okay, number one, prayer. Your first amazing tool that you are going to want to get for dad. All right. Number two, communication. Everyone look at your neighbor and say communication. All right. Yeah, do that better. Like everyone is really tired today. I'm really tired today. Everyone was a little tired in worship and a little tired in prayer. So say communication. Communication. All right. I just need I just need to be alive a little bit for a minute. All right. Prayer was the tool number one for a reason, right? Because it's really important. It's probably the most important thing, that tool that you can give to your dad or your husband. But communication is also really important. All right. So moms, we're usually the ones, I don't know, 
shout me down if I'm wrong, but we're usually the ones that are taking care of the family calendar, and we're the ones managing the homework, and we're the ones staying connected with the teachers, or if our adult children are grown, we're most of the time the ones interacting with them and like checking in on them and making, you know, what's going on in your life, and uh, we know... Uh, for our kiddos that are in, are in the home, we're the ones who kind of get have a little bit more connection with the friends that they hang out with. Um, we hear the highs and the lows of their day, like, oh, mom. Or if the kids don't tell us, we very mom-like inquire. And if you're a good mom, or I shouldn't say mom, but if you've gotten the hang of it, you don't ask them, was your day good? No yes and no answers. There's no yes and no questions. You ask these open-ended, what was the best part of your day, so that they have to talk to you, right? So we kind of get that down, and we're kind of doing that. So I, I don't know, in our house, that's how I definitely manage the, ch- the calendar, and I definitely am the one talking to the teachers and all of that sort of thing. But I want to say, don't leave dad out. Don't leave dad out. All right, keep him up to date. Keep him up to date about what's going on with your children. Keep him up to date with what's going on with the activities. If you have adult kids, keep him informed on what's happening. If you've heard something that's going on with them in their life, share it with with your husband. Share it with their father. Let them know. And that doesn't mean that dads just get to not be involved and not also ask questions. Dad, ask open-ended questions. Don't ask yes or no questions. Um, but that, but wives, if, if moms, if you know something, share it with them. Um, so we have a Google Calendar. Sometimes it's just really practical and easy. Like we have a Google Calendar that's the family Google Calendar, and all of the kids are on it. They don't have devices, but they do have school email accounts. So if the kids want to add something to it, they can. I can add things to it. Tim, whoever, we have mom and dad on it as well. So everybody kind of knows what's happening in our world. So that way, if Tim is trying to schedule or his boss comes to him and says, hey, I really need you to work an extra shift or coming on a Saturday or whatever it is, he's not like, because I haven't communicated and what's going on in our life. He can very confidently say, oh, sorry, my kid's championship baseball game is that day, I can't come. But I can do it this Saturday instead. You know, so it helps keep him connected and informed. So it could be something really simple like that, or it can be just chatting with him at the end of the day, letting him know what's going on. But keep him informed, all right? Make decisions about kids together. If you have younger kids and they're growing up, make decisions together. Moms, don't go all like, current culture, I'm mom, hear me roar, I do it, can do it myself, and it's all taken care of, sweetie, don't worry about that. No, he's a partner, he's their dad, he's just as much a parent as you are a parent. So make decisions together. Like when our kids ask us about something, what do I usually say? I'll have to ask dad about that, and when we decide together, we'll let you know what our decision is. I never say, sure, and I'll tell dad about that later. Right? So make decisions together. Um, even for Tim and I, like as our kids hit their different phases of life, we've had conversations together privately in advance about how are we going to handle this. So when we were little, it was probably bedtime. Like, what is their bedtime? Not that they're turning 10. Oh, where is she? Evie's turning 10 soon. What is her bedtime? You know, what is what is their bedtime going to be? They're turning 10. They're a little older. Do we, what's our, what's your opinion? What's our, my opinion? Let's come to a decision about bedtime. Then now in this stage, it's cell phones. What's our rule about cell phones? 
You don't get one until you drive. You feel like that? Yes, I feel like that. Okay, our kids don't get one until you drive. You don't need them otherwise. You know, so we have these decisions. So when the kids come and say, oh, my friends have a cell phone and I feel left out. I really want one. We both, if they've come to Tim or either one of us, we both are confident that we know those decisions, right? Now we have adult children, so it's like, okay, when they're graduated from high school, what's our expectation of them being in the house? You know, So these phases of life, have a conversation together, talk about it, make decisions together, all right? If you know, if you've heard a struggle, you know, I think all of us have our kids, they have a go-to parent, right? I don't, when I was young, I distinctly remember in the old church, in the orange church, my friends would be like, hey, do you want to come over after Sunday service this morning? And blah, blah, blah. Or can I come over? And I knew exactly who to go to. My dad. I did not go to mom first. I went to dad first because I knew I would be, he would be shaking hands with everybody. He was a little distracted at the time. Hey, dad, uh, whatever. I don't even remember any of my friends back then, but Brenda, she wasn't a friend with him back then, but anyway, but she wasn't there. But Brenda wanted to know if I, if she could come over after church today and blah, 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 blah. Uh, sure. I, that's fine with me. Just ask your mom and make sure it's okay with her. So then it was like, Hey, mom, dad said it was okay if so-and-so came over, but he just wanted me to, like, run it by you. She'd be like, okay, if your dad said that's okay. Right? So we have a go-to parent. Like, we know who to go to as kids, right? And uh, so sometimes when your kids are having struggles, too, they have a go-to parent. Like, they're like, I feel more comfortable talking to dad about this, or I feel more comfortable talking to mom. And if mom is your kid's go-to, if you're their kid's go-to, if they're having struggles, work with them, pray with them. But then go and have a conversation with dad and let him know what's going on with them so that he can pray with them and he can talk to them and he can encourage them and, and cover them in prayer, right, so that he knows. So kids, you're not off the hook. Yes, I'm looking at you, three, even though we're all kids. Kids, you're not off the hook. Kids, you're not off the hook. But talk to your dad. Tell him about your day. Tell him what's going on in your world. Keep the lines of communication open. It's not just up to dad and mom. It's up to you, too. You have a responsibility, especially as you're getting older. Right? Those of you, I'm just looking at you three because you're the older one in here. Right? All the little ones are out there. But <clears throat> especially your ages. Include your dad in your life. Don't keep him out. Even, even if your dad isn't the best dad in the world. Right? I know all three of you have amazing dads. But, <laughs> but even if your dad isn't the best dad in the world, you know, Still, include him in what you're doing. Just let him know what's going on in your world. All right? So it's really important to do that. Okay? So communication. All right. Now, dads, this is where I am going to talk to you. So now you have to listen. All right? Put your, put your ears back on. Um, communication, by nature, is a two-way street. Right? So your wife can tell you all about what's going on with the kids. Your kids can tell you all what's going on with them. Your wife can tell you all of what's going on with her. But you, as a dad, do need to get involved. Communication is two ways. You need to get involved. You need to have conversations with your kids. Have real conversations with your kids. Not just, oh, hey, how's it going? Hope you had a good day. Now I'm going to go do my own thing, whether it's work or pleasure or sports or fishing or whatever, but have real conversations with your kid. Ask them what's going on with their world. Make it a point and a purpose to get involved, all right? So that's my one thing to dads today, okay? All right. So tool number three. So we have prayer and communication. Tool number three is support. Dads need your support. 
when dad has an opinion, it doesn't automatically mean it's a silly opinion just because dad had it and our opinions are superior as both wives and as growing children. You know, when you hit like 14, you think you know everything. Uh, yes, you do. And it's so not true. But you do think that. But, um, but wives, we tend to think also, right, moms, our opinion is the best one. Guilty. Uh, but when dad has a, has an opinion or an idea about how to do something with your kids, don't just ignore it. Support him. I mean, if it's not going to kill them, what's it going to hurt to let it, to try it? I mean, sure, we can have pancakes before bedtime. I mean, it's not going to kill them, right, to have pancakes one day a week before bedtime. Sure, we'll have dad pancake night, even though you'd be like, yeah, no, that's not what we're doing. But <clears throat> anyway... Uh, support him, you know, let him have, make room for dad's preferences. If at our house, uh, I'm looking at this because it's saying to me, making room for dad's hobbies, making room for his plans. So at my house, my husband really likes to watch sports. I really do not like watching sports. All right. So back in our early years of marriage, I would give Tim such a hard time about watching sports, like such a hard time. Like, like we could spend time as a family little did I know that my kids would grow up and like to watch sports so you know (laughs) but when they were little instead of fostering that relationship with them and their dad over a common interest I was like no let's do this instead no let's do that instead because I really didn't want to watch sports and I was like I don't want to be one of those families where every single Sunday or whatever like our life revolves around oh my gosh the football game's on I gotta go or the football game's on I can't go to church or you know obviously we wouldn't be that kind of family but but you know like I do not want to be run and ruled by football games and whatever so in that light I was just like you know but Thankfully, God has blessed me with a husband who is also a good dad and a good husband, and he doesn't watch them all the time. His big things are the playoff games. If they're the playoff games, maybe a game or here two in a season, but the playoff games are like a big deal. So, so now <laughs> I just go upstairs, do my own thing, and the kids have a really great time. And I, I, we allow the kids to stay up late if there's a really important playoff game, even if it's a school night, just so they can be with their dad, doing something they all love to do, and creating that relationship. So I had to preach to my own self, but to make space for his hobbies, make space. If you don't like fishing, I don't like fishing. Thank you, Jesus, that my husband doesn't like fishing either. No offense, Larry. Larry's got a fishing pole. He's like, you're missing a fishing rod in here. I said, I gathered all this stuff from my house, and I said, we didn't have a fishing rod. (laughs) So no offense, Larry or Pastor Russ, those of you like fishing, but I was like, thank you, Lord, my husband does not like fishing. Uh, but if he does, go with him fishing. Take a Saturday, go with him and the kids, go fishing. Do stuff that he likes to do, support him in his hobbies, but in his ideas about the kids too. Get behind him. If he has a plan, just in general, like a life plan, you and the kids, get behind him. If you're an adult child, get behind him. You know, get behind him and help him. Help him to succeed in his plans that he has for his life. Speak highly of him wherever you are, wives, kids, little kids, grown kids. If you have a dad, speak highly of them. Don't always be talking about their faults and what they didn't do and the clock that's still not up in the bathroom. Speak highly of them (laughs) about how amazing they are and how hard they work, about their gifts. God has, I know, looking around here, at least the dads that are sitting here, 
have amazing gifts. I'm sure if you have a dad that's not sitting here, he has giftings that God's given him. Even if he's not a follower of God, he has gifts that God's given him. So speak highly of that. Speak highly of his work. It doesn't matter if your husband or your father is a top executive in a multi-million dollar company or if he's working the counter at Circle K. If he's working and he's providing for his family, speak highly of his work and his work ethic. His strengths. Speak highly of the role he plays in your family. Don't always be dissing dad, moms. Like, you know, like dad, like, oh, your father didn't do this again. I may have said that the other day. Oh, your father did not put his cup away. Yep. But thank you, Lord, that he does all the laundry. Thank you, sweetie, for doing all the laundry. I will ignore the cup. I will give you grace for the cup because you do all the laundry. All right? <laughs> okay. He does our. Well, he always did your laundry, too, until you were big enough. All right. Now all of they, they all do their own laundry. But speak highly of him and the role he has in his family, all right? If he's spending time with the kids, take pictures of it. Like, and foster that. Like, take pictures of him and the kids so they can see their dad interacting with them. Even if they're grown, we go on these Memorial Day trips. And even, even now, as all grown adult children, like, we make sure we get pictures of my dad with us in his... He takes us on the tour every year. And he literally says every year, you've heard this story, like, how old are you? I mean, you've heard it like 40 years in a row. Do you really want me to tell you again? And we're always like, yes, Dad. We want you to take us on the tour of your town that you grew up in and all the different places. Yes, yes, we want to walk... We want to walk the cemetery and look, yeah, I know that sounds creepy, but we want to walk the cemetery and look at all the headstones of like the family and the stories you have of your family. And so, um, so spend time with him, take pictures and bond with him and support that. So be in his corner, right? Be in his corner because as we already heard, there's nobody else. According to these statistics, there's nobody else in his corner, but us, his church family, his family, family, you know, his children, his wife. So we, they need us. So I just want to read Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. But this is what a part I want to get to. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This is an excellent wife who does her husband good and not harm all the days of her life. So we have prayer. What was number two? Best, best, yeah, best tools, communication. What was number three? Support. Support. Number four, encouragement. So we're going to go to Ephesians 4, 29. And it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So how is your husband trying to be a great dad? And kid, kids, children, even if you're great, even if you're adult children, or how is your dad trying to be a great dad? Look for the good. Don't always be picking out the negative or the oopses or the they forgot this or they didn't do this right. Be the voice of encouragement because they are hearing all around them how horrible they are as men and they're not worth it and blah, blah, blah. They, that were, they're not really needed is really what they're hearing. They're not, you're not needed. You're just a man. You're not needed. We don't need men. We can do it without men. You're a dad. We don't really need a dad. We just need good, strong moms. Or we need a village. We don't need a dad, you know. So be a voice of encouragement. How are they trying to be a great dad? I bet he'd love to hear that you noticed. How often do we tell him? 
How often do we tell them that we appreciate their efforts? Even if your children are all grown and out of the house and you have grandkids, have you told him lately, you know what? I know some of our kids are great. Some of our kids are challenging. Uh, some of our kids are on a good path. Some of them are not making great choices in their life right now. But it doesn't matter. I just want you to know you were a good dad and you did what you could do and how you, and I want you to know that you're a good dad. And if you still have kids in the house, you know, tell them, kids, tell them. Don't just take it for granted that your dad is working hard and loves you and tell him that you notice those things, all right? Tell him to keep pressing on. Um, encouraging him, thanking him. What are the easy, what is he doing right, all right? And if you have a man in your life, whether it be a husband, a father, or a spiritual father, this goes for spiritual fathers too, even if they're not your dad, or even if you, they're not a spiritual father to you, but you see them being spiritual father to someone else or to others. Uh, if they are making an effort toward godly fatherhood, um, and I see so many guys in here, that's who you are. Like men that are in here today, I cannot look at one of you and say, I don't think he's striving to make an effort towards godly fatherhood or being a godly man. Like <clears throat> every single one here. But so if that's the case, if you're blessed to have a guy, a guy, a man, a father, a spiritual father that is towards God, cheer him on. Like that's even better than having a great dad. Now you've got an amazing dad because he's following God, right? And then ask him how you can help. Sometimes, believe it or not, as strong as our guys are, they need help. They can't do it all on their own all the time. Kids, ask your dads how you can help around the house. What you can do to help maybe relieve some of the stuff that's on his plate. Um, and you can do that for your moms too. Just, just, I know it's not Mother's Day, but I'm just saying. All right. Um, but fathers that are pursuing godliness are really rare. It's kind of hard to find them sometimes. And so if that's your dad or your spiritual father or your husband, don't take it for granted. You know, encourage them. A lot of times, maybe we might complain about the entryway that's not done still, or certain things <laughs> <laughs> that we wish were done. Uh, or And so when they first come in the door, and I will tell you 100%, there are lots of times I will say, sweetie, how was your day? And, you know, did you have a good day or whatever? But I will not lie, there are days when my husband is, like, dealing with, I'm not, I'm not being, right, crazy clients who are just completely irrational, and he's dealt with that all day, or contractors who are like, yeah, I signed off on that. He's like, no, if you signed off on that, I would have your signature here. It's not here. Well, I'm not accepting it, but it's a special order. You kind of have to accept it. That's the rules. Well, I'm not. Like, He's gone through all that all day, driving 100 billion miles a day, and he comes through the house to his loving, adoring family, and we're like, I'm like, hey, sweetie, did you get the boxes that I asked you to get? Uh, no, I forgot. Babe, I've asked you for three days in a row. Why did you forget it? Like, keep asking. I called you at work. I told you at work that I wanted them. I thought while you were right there, you would get them, put them in your truck. And so I'm like, nah, 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 nah. and he's like, can I go back to work? No. I'm sure he'd rather be home listening to me than them. But still, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, the first thing they get greeted with is, hey, why didn't you do this? Can you do this? Oh, this is broken. You know, whatever it may be, right? 
or the kids did this today, they were in detention, or some, my, our adult child just called and you'll never guess what just happened, like they just made this choice, oh my gosh, <sighs> give them a minute. <laughs> and uh, let's not complain about what he hasn't done, or maybe his leadership, or like, sweetie, you know, I really wish you'd do this more with the kids, or I really wish you'd pray more, I really wish, you know, this, you know, whatever it is. Like, sometimes we're like, you know, we can be a little bossy sometimes. I see a lot of people on this side laughing because they know who they are. And I'm on this side. (laughs) But we can be a little bossy sometimes, but let's instead let him take leadership. You know, let's allow him to not have us complaining all the time about stuff. Like, begin to look for ways that you can get behind them, the ways that you can follow, the ways that you can strengthen and help them because they really need that, okay? So I want to ask ladies for you and kids, you too, okay? I want you to think about this, and I want you to literally answer. This is not a rhetorical question in the sense that I want you to answer it, but to yourself, okay? I don't want you, you don't have to answer it out loud. I can give you a second to think about this, okay? How can I verbally affirm or verbally support and encourage my dad or my husband as a father? How can you do that? This isn't like, oh, that's a great question. No, like answered in your mind right now. Like what are some things you can do to verbally or show them how you encourage them and support them? Think about it. If you've got a notebook, write it down so you don't forget when you leave. What can you do? Or a spiritual dad that's in this house or a spiritual dad to you. I'm going to give you a minute. Do, 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 do. And dads, you're probably not off the hook for this one because either you have a dad or you have a spiritual dad probably or someone that you notice as a spiritual dad. So you can think about how you as another man or another father can encourage another dad. Okay. Keep writing if you need to, all right? Now, for some of us, some of you, maybe you don't have the best dad or your dad isn't following God, you know, or you know, that sort of thing. And that's okay. There may, you're like thinking, I can't think of anything really that comes to mind where I can say, honestly, he's trying to be a great dad or encourage him in the great things he's doing. But ask God, in that case, just really ask God to help you see something in him. God sees something in him. So help, ask God to help give you God's perspective, how God sees your dad even if your dad was not the best dad in the world. Just ask him. You may be surprised what God will reveal to you and what you'll notice about your dad. There might be something. I mean, at the very least, maybe he was just a really hard worker and provided for your family, even though he may not have ever been there, but you had food on your table. You know, something. There's got to be something, you know, that God God, God sees in him. All right? So, number one was? Number two? Number three? Number four? Very good. So we're on tool number five for a complete full toolbox. All right. Number five is trust. Oh, maybe I'm speaking to the bossy moms again uh, who are maybe be their bossy because they're a little bit of a control freak. I don't know. Or kids who are like, "Ah, I just like to do my own thing. I don't know. Sometimes trust can be really hard, but we have to trust our husbands and our dads. We have to trust in their ability to be great dads, great fathers. Um, 
not second guessing their decisions or the way they do things because I'm just a little hint, helpful hint. Uh, your husband or your dad, they do not think like you do. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! They do not think like you do. They do not do things the way that you do them, all right? And uh, so, you know, I mean, ideally you should be demonstrating your trust in your husband or your dad from the beginning of a relationship, but, you know, sometimes trust is earned or sometimes you just are too, like, oh, I can't release that trust because I'm not sure I am comfortable with that. Like, there's maybe even hurts in your own life. And so it's hard to let go of that and trust somebody else. Um, but when you do that, it's never too late to trust. But when you do that, you're demonstrating that how we should pre- treat the Lord, right? Sometimes we're the same way with God. We all hold on because we're like, oh, you know, it's like me driving. I prefer to drive sometimes because I was in an accident uh, back along, and I was a really bad accident, and I smashed every, like, I ran right into the, we were traveling to the island in the crazy Jackson Lab commuter, commuting snake, as I called it, and a big tractor, trailer truck around the corner pulled out into the road, and nobody saw it until they got around the corner, so the cars were going, bam, 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 like, stopping really fast, and I was messing around with my visor, and because the sun was glaring, some of you who are on the island, there's that one time a day where it's like blinding. Um, and as I pulled my head down, all of the cars were stopped. And mine was not. And I smashed right into it and like basically pretty much ruined the truck that we had at the time. Anyway, but from that, I've had some tragic, I don't even, I never, I always get the initials wrong, PTSD from like brake lights. I see brake lights and I go, ah! even now, and it's been, it's been a few years, I'm just saying. It's been a while since I've worked at the lab. But anyway, so my husband, when he's driving, and the brake lights come on, and they're like 16 car lengths in front of us. I'm like, sweetie, sweetie, brake lights, brake, 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 brake. He's like, yes, Deanna, I see it. Uh, but when I'm driving, I'm about like a half a car length away from the car in front of me, and the brake lights come on. I'm like, yeah, we're good, you know, because I'm in control, and I trust myself, right? So that's a good example of how you're not trusting uh, your husband. But Trust sometimes is hard, especially if you had hurts in the past or things that are difficult. But ask God to give you grace in that because that will be a huge blessing to your husband if you trust him, a huge blessing to your father if you trust him, a huge blessing to your spiritual father if your natural father did, you know, wasn't good. Trust that person that God's put in your life, all right? Trust him to be the leader of your family. That is his God-given role. Surprise! The ladies, that is not your God-given role. Sometimes we have to step into that role. If our guys aren't following the Lord, we have to step into a spiritual role of leader. But for the most part, and everyone I'm looking here, we've got great guys. So that's not your role. That's not your God-given role. It's his God-given role. So let him be the leader. Trust him if he's not quite there yet, that he will become that leader as you're praying for him, supporting him, encouraging him, communicating with him, all of that. And give him space to grow. Give him space to grow into it, all right? Like, we, I read this article once that if you want to have responsible children, if you want your kids to be responsible, then treat them like responsible people. Treat them like they're responsible. Give them expectations that a responsible child will have. Don't just always nag them about what they didn't do. Treat them as if they are responsible, and then they will start to grow into that. It's the same with our husbands or whomever, but give them space to grow, all right? So, kids, 
That's you too. Trust your dad. You know, you may not always understand his reasonings or his decisions or whatever, or the way he does things, but trust that he loves you and that he has your best interests at heart. Trust that, right? And if you have a question, don't be afraid. Dads, don't be afraid to let your kids ask you questions, but don't be afraid to ask questions. To say, Dad, I don't understand why you're saying I can't do this or why you decided to do that or, you know, if it, even if it doesn't deal with you, if it deals with the household or your future or their future. Like, why are we as a family doing this now, you know? Ask questions, it's okay. But understand that it's for your good and that they have your best interests at heart, right? Okay. Five tools. What are the five tools? Prayer. Prayer. Trust. <laughs> Wait, what was number five? Trust, trust. So I'm just telling you, these are the five best tools you will ever give your dad or ever give your husband. It's better than anything you'll find at Ham and Lumber. Shh. Or Home Depot, the name, the store that shall be not named here in this, in this church. We don't talk about Home Depot. We don't talk about Home Depot. No, no. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, only Hammond, Hammond only. All right, we're a Hammond only church, okay. Anyway, you will not find these tools at Hammond, but you will find them as you seek the Lord, as you press into God. And dads, make sure you do your part too. You need to seek the Lord and all of that. But for those of us that have good guys in our life or not, your prayers, your communication, your encouragement, your support, your trust, it's going to impact your children. And it's also going to impact the man that they call dad. It's going to impact them a lot. So my question to you is, which gifts are you going to give your husband today? Which gifts are you going to give your dad today? Which gifts are you going to give your spiritual father today? Are you just, you can, if you're like, that's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of tools in that toolbox and you're not ready to get him the whole full package. I don't even know where it is. Like the whole toolbox full. Pick one, pick one and work on it. Like, so this month, I'm going to really intentionally pray for my dad. I'm really going to pray for him. I'm really going to pray for my dad, or I'm going to pray for my husband. So pick that one. Get that, give him that tool for a month or so, and then add another tool on, you know, if that's the easier way to do it. Or grab a hold of it and just give him the full package because he deserves it, right? All right, dads, you are awesome. We'd like all the dads to just stand And we're going to, I'm going to have Pastor Ray come, but we're going to have, um, if you can take that, we're going to have you just come forward. We just want to pray a blessing over you today as we close the service.